Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. We've been talking about vision for the last four weeks. This is the fifth week, and I'm really excited about this. I'll take my time because, to me, vision is so, so important that we get it and we get it right. Um, normally, it's the first Sunday of the month. You start a new thing, right? And, um, and that's fine. We're going to actually start something new next week. But I felt finish it and finish it strong. Finish it and make sure that the people get it. Let it be something cemented into their hearts. So today I'm going to really nail in what the vision of our church is and what your life should look like. What your life should look like if you are a part of this church. Anything that you're going to be a part of, you should know what's in it for me. How is my life going to be shaped? What's going to happen as a result of me being connected to this church? Every church has a certain grace over it. And I believe that as you commit to a local house, you become a participant of the grace of God that is on that church. This is why it's very important to be in church. It's very important not just to be a church member and, and just something that you sign a long, you know, many years ago, but you connect your heart to what God is doing because it's when you connect your heart to what God is doing in a particular place, that's when you become a participant of the grace of God that's over that house. And there's certain graces that are on this house that is going to be over your life in the name of Jesus. So just as we've been reading the vision for the last um, several weeks, I'm going to put the vision up on the screen so we can read it together. Life Church's vision. Let's read it together. One, two, three. So the last part is what I'm going to be focusing on, embraced by their community. Um, let me just say it this way. People are going to like you, <laughs> okay? People are going to like you. You're going to have healthy relationships with people. There are people who are not embraced and for, for many reasons. But I believe that part of being a Christian is being a likable person. How many know some nasty people? People who don't, you know, get along with people. People who don't have any kind of relations with people. People who are lonely. In fact, that's the series that I'll be teaching on next week. It's called Honestly, Are You Lonely? So we'll be talking about loneliness for the remainder of the month. But there's a lot of people who are lonely, who are not in community, who are not in fellowship, who don't have healthy relationships. They're not embraced by their community. And that is not the vision for this church. You are going to be embraced in community. You're going to have healthy relationships. You're not going to be a lonesome. You're not going to be isolated. I'm just speaking that over your life because I see that there's a lot of people that are suffering specifically with mental illness. And one of the things you'll notice about mental illness is that many times they are isolated individuals. That's not going to be the case for you. You're not going to be isolated. You're not going to be off to yourself. You're not going to be wanderers. No, you're going to be connected in healthy community, in healthy relationships. Do you believe that? Yes. That's, that's the vision of this church, that the people that go here are connected in healthy relationships. They are embraced by their community. That's God's will for your life. 
And so that's the vision for our church. And let me just read something in the scripture that will kind of give you a sense of what this looks like. But let me just put it out there. God wants you to be in healthy community. Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering. These are some things that's going to help you live in community. I won't go all into that right now, but this is something I want you to see. These are some of the attributes that help you be connected in healthy community, that you walk with lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering. That means patience with people, right? There's two types of patience in the world. There's patience dealing with circumstances, and there's patience with people. This is why it's called long-suffering, because you're suffering long. You are dealing with people patiently, and it feels like you're suffering long, right? Yo, to have community, it requires character, because it's easy to cut people off. It's easy to walk away. It's easy to not take care. That's easy stuff. What's hard, what takes maturity, is lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering. But it's worth it. Somebody say it's worth it. Bearing with one another. With one another. That's community. Bearing in community. You could, you could take one another. You could replace that with in community. Bearing with one another in love. So think of it this way. When the Bible is telling you that you have to bear with one another, that should give you a hint. There are going to be people that are going to get on your nerves. There are going to be people that rub you the wrong way. The Bible is clear in saying that when this happens, what is your responsibility? Bear. Somebody say bear. Yeah, bear with one another. This is the Christian way of living. The worldly way is saying, I don't got to deal with this. That's not what the word of the Lord says. The word of the Lord says, you know what? There's certain things you have to deal with. You have to be patient with people. You have to know how to be gentle and hold your tongue. This is how you build community, and it's worth it. Because if you commit to this, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Cowards cut people off because they're offended. People that are courageous deal with, deal with offense, and they move forward in love. Bearing with one another in love. Somebody say endeavoring. endeavoring. What's the word? Endeavoring. Say it one more time. Endeavoring. To have community, it is an endeavor. As I get older, maybe you can relate to this. I realize holding on to friendships takes more work. My goodness, it takes more work. When you were in third grade, the person that was your, was your best friend because they had the same sneakers as you. Oh, every other day you had a new friend. Why? Because we wore the same sweater, because, you know, we like the same sport. My new best friend, my new best friend. Now it's like, nah, you know, I actually don't like you because you got my sweater on. You know, that's the reason why I don't like you. No, it takes work. As you get older, it takes work. And this is why the word of the Lord is saying you have to endeavor. Somebody say endeavor. Which means there's going to be opportunities that will make you feel like you don't want to endeavor. But this is what I want you to think about. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Let me say this is going to really shock some of you, maybe. But spiritual community. Somebody say spiritual community. 
spiritual community is the highest form of community. And I'm going to rub some, rub you a little, you know, just a little funny here, but I want you to think about this. It comes before even your natural family. Yeah. It comes even before your natural community, your, your, your family. Now, if your family is part of the household of faith, praise God, that's spiritual community first and foremost. But spiritual community comes even before natural community. There are different forms of community. There's spiritual community. There's natural community. There's the community that you, where you live in, where you have neighbors, right? What makes it a community? You have shared values. You have shared interests, right? Everyone on your block wants low crime, wants a safe environment, wants a clean street, right? So those are the shared values. That's your community, right? Your family, where you were born into, that's a community. But I'm going to tell you something. The body of Christ Spiritual community is the highest form of community. This is why when Jesus was out ministering, they said, Jesus, your mom is calling you. Your brothers are calling you. He said, who's my mom? Who's my, who, who are my brothers? He says, these. He's pointing to people he was ministering to. Those who do the will of the Father, that's my mom. That's, these are my community. This is my people here. Spiritual community, and I think if we get that, if we really see each other as brothers and sisters the way we, we should see each other, not like you're just that church person I see you that sits on the fourth row. No, no, you're my sister, you're my brother. Spiritual community is the highest form of community. Some of us, we're very proud of our natural heritage. Like, I'm proud of a lot of things about who I am. You know, I'm, I'm a male. I'm proud to be a man. Any, any men proud to be men? Woo! Praise God. I mean, you can't take that for granted anymore, right? So some people don't want to be who they are. I'm proud to be a man. I'm, I'm a black. I know I'm high yellow, but I'm black. <laughs> I'm proud to be black. Amen. Praise God. I'm a husband. I'm proud to be a husband. I'm a father. I'm proud to be a father. I'm a pastor. I, I'm many things, right? But before I'm any of that, what I'm most proud of is that I'm a son of God. My spiritual DNA, my spiritual identity trumps everything else. Do you understand what I mean? So spiritual community comes before any form of community. When I understood that, I began to see my brothers and sisters in Christ truly as my brother. Some of you, you would never say certain things to your blood relatives, but you would say it to your spiritual relatives. Why? It's because you don't really see them as family. You see your family, family as real family, and you're just that church person that sits on the fourth row. God is like, no, no, no. Spiritual community comes before everything. Mm. That's, that's amazing. This is why Jesus said, you know what? In the last days, there's going to be a time where mother and, or, or father and son will, will, will have a sword between them. There'll be a division because of the word. One will believe in me, the other won't. In other words, even when it comes to family relationships, sometimes when someone decides to give their lives to the Lord, it creates a wedge in their family. And God in that moment is still saying, choose the body of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you have to have a pride over your spiritual heritage over your natural heritage. I'm Haitian. I'm proud to be Haitian. Maybe you're Jamaican. Are you proud to be Jamaican? And this is, listen, here's a test. Here's a test. 
if someone insults your culture, right? Someone says, yo, you know, I can't stand Guyanese people, right? I want you to think about that. Think of the emotions you get there. Now, when someone says something negative about Jesus, are you as hot about that? Right? You know what I'm saying, right? So there, there's certain things that we can talk about, and it's, eh, okay, Jesus, I get you don't believe in him, so that's cool. But don't be talking about, you know, yo, don't be talking about my culture. Don't be talking about my race. Don't talk about, no, no, that's, what, that's my pride and joy. That's good. You should be proud of who you are. You should be proud to be where you were born or, or a citizen of the country that you're in or, or from or whatever. But don't ever let that trump your spiritual DNA. Before you are any of that, you are a child of God. That's what you need to celebrate above and beyond. Spiritual community. Let me give you one point today. To be embraced by community, you need to embrace community. Think about what I'm saying to you. To be embraced by community, you need to embrace community. I'm going to give you four lies that people, or three lies, and and you'll see where I'm going with this. One, don't believe the lie that you don't belong. A lot of times people are fed that lie. I don't belong here. No one understands me. I'm not a fit. I'm a loner. No, 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 no. You belong in community, and you need to embrace that reality. Don't embrace the lie that you don't belong. Two, don't embrace a rejection complex. Don't embrace a rejection complex. Are you expecting to be rejected? Mm -mm, stop that. Stop expecting rejection. Don't embrace a rejection complex. You belong. Expect to be accepted because you are. Don't count yourself out or disqualified. Last, believe you're better off in community. Let me share a scripture with you found in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Two are better than one. Two is better than what? So that lie that you hear, oh, I'm good by myself. I don't need nobody. I, I, don't, I don't need friends. That's a lie. That's a lie. The word of the Lord says two are better than one. Now, if you're by yourself, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you have to always have someone physically there or you're in a romantic relationship. It just means don't embrace this isolation mindset. Two is better than one. What is God saying? God created you to be in community, in relationship with people. Embrace community. Embrace it. Don't distance yourself from it. Don't look at yourself as someone who doesn't fit, who doesn't belong. No, two is better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And again, it's not just talking about romance. I know it sounds like it is. But it's saying that what one individual has to offer if, you, if, you're, if you're by yourself, you don't get to participate or embrace that energy, that warmth that comes from someone else. Two are better than one. 
You belong in community. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I'm speaking over your life today. You won't be quickly broken. Why are people broken in life? It's because they're not in healthy community. That's not going to be so for you. I'm speaking vision over this church. You're going to be in healthy community. Somebody say amen to that. This is why we do the things we do. Let me speak a little bit about why we do what we do. For instance, this Thursday kicks off our winter season dinner party. Yeah, I was excited about that. And if you want to be a part of our dinner parties, go to our Connect site. Sign up for it. A dinner host will, will definitely be in touch with you. But why do we do that? It's because we want to provide environments where people are not alone. And they're not a three, they, they, they become a threefold cord. Glory to God. The fellowship of our church is increasing. You know, I'm very happy. I reached out to many of the men, most of the men, and maybe you, you, you know this already, but we'll be gathering for dinner on Friday. That's intentional. The reason why is because we're increasing the brotherhood of this church. Yeah. Amen. That's awesome. You can clap for that. I am leading with this mandate that we will be in community with one another. We're not going to be isolated individuals. And we're not going to see each other as, oh, that's the person that just sits on that row. And no, no, no. We're going to be in community. Glory to God. I'm excited about our marriage seminar that we're planning for next month. We'll give you some more details about that. But if you're married, I see you. Your husband, your wife, you need support. You need an environment, a community where you can be refreshed by other spouses. Wonderful. That is available to you. We also have something for singles. I'm excited that some, even without me pushing it, I understand that there's some singles uh, uh, planning some, some event in, in light of Valentine's Day. Men and women getting together, having a great time, a game night. That's awesome. If you know about it, be a part of it. If you don't know, start something. Be in community. Do not be alone. Because it's when you are alone that you become a vulnerable individual and you become one that is easily broken. You're not going to be easily broken in Jesus' name. You're not going to be easily broken. We're embracing community. Somebody say embrace community. Glory to God. I'm excited about the Hebrews chapter 10. Let me, let's go a little deeper here. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, Hebrews, this book, Hebrews is a wonderful book. This book is really all up. The central theme of this book is to is to make it clear that Jesus' sacrifice is the only sacrifice that is needed. Because in this book, as you read, people were going back to sacrificing bulls. They, they heard the gospel message. They heard that Jesus died on the cross. They believed in it. But then they got to a point where they felt, is this enough? Maybe we should go back to sacrificing doves and pigeons and bulls. Maybe we should go back to going back to the Old Testament sacrifices. And there were people leaving the message of the gospel saying, we heard that message, but we think we still need to do certain things. And so they were, they were into sacrificing animals. And now the writer is saying, listen, Jesus' sacrifice is all you need. You don't need to go back to that. And many people were. And so this is the tension of this book, is to really make it clear that the sacrifice of Christ is sufficient. 
And so it's a beautiful book. I encourage you to read it. But it says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. You're going to see that kind of talk a lot in Hebrews, drawing near, drawing near. Why? Because people were not drawing near. They were going the opposite direction. They were going back to the law. And he's like, look, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. This is the key part. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Look at the next sentence. As is the manner of some. So some were forsaking the assembly. Some were saying, I don't need to be part of an assembly. Some were saying, I can pray at home. Some were saying, I can worship at home. Some were saying that. And Paul is saying, listen, no, no, let's not go back to that. Because if you do, you put yourself in a place where you can be reasoned out of the faith of God. And this is exactly what was happening. They were departing from the assembling of, 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 of the saints, and they were going back to Old Testament sacrifices. They were leaving the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a power in unity. Believe me, when we come together in worship, there's a spiritual dynamic at work. It's not just I'm coming because it's Sunday. Something is happening in your faith. Your faith is being strengthened. God is speaking into your soul. Things are being aligned in your life. You're not just here just to sit on a chair and hear somebody speak. No, there is a spiritual work being done over your life. And so the, 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 the book is saying, listen, let's not go back to the Old Testament sacrificing doves and bulls. No, 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 no. Let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, now some, some people misinterpret this scripture. They think that if you, it's, it's any sin, like, oh, you know, because there, there's some people who willfully sin, right? Like, yeah, I know it was a sin, and I did it, and I wanted to do it, Right? And, and, and people look, whoa, it says, for if we willfully sin after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So people are like, oh, my God, I, I, I wanted to do it. I did it. And, and therefore, I guess I'm out. I'm out of, of the, the grace of forgiveness. No, no, no. This is a specific type of sin that Hebrews is talking about. What is the sin? Is the sin of saying Jesus is not enough. He is no longer the atonement for my sins. I'm willfully turning away from him, and I'm going to put my faith in something else. Let me tell you something. I'm not a person who believes that one saved, always saved. There's a doctrine that says one saved, always saved. But I will say this. It is, it is difficult to lose your salvation, but it is possible. It is difficult, but it is possible. Now, what I mean by that is there are people who grew up in church and, and you grew up with a mindset that if you didn't live a certain way, you, you probably lost your salvation. You need to come up and give your life to Jesus again. No, I don't believe in that. I believe that when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit entered you. Amen. 
He didn't leave once you sinned. Oh, you ask for forgiveness and we come back. Oh, you're sinning. Okay, I'm leaving out. The Holy Spirit is not going back in, in, in and out of your life. He's in. He's in. But you can lose your salvation if you willfully deny the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people do. It's difficult, but it happens. And let me give you a few ways that happens. I didn't plan to say this, but let me tell you, there's certain sins that you do entangle yourself in that if you continue, it will lead you to a point where you deny Christ. There are certain lifestyles you will live that are so incompatible with the truth that it will bring you to a place where you have to either accept Christ or deny him. There is a sin that leads to death. There is that. I'm not talking about if you curse. I'm not talking about if you, you know, you, you, you mess up here and there. I'm talking about there's lifestyles that you can live where it will bring you to a point where you'll say, do I, do I believe in Jesus anymore? And you can come to a point where you say, I don't. I give, I give this analogy of salvation as a gift. If I give you a shirt and I say, hey, happy birthday. Here's a shirt. But before you take it, you got to give me $10 for it. Is that a gift? All right. If I say, hey, take the shirt, you don't have to pay me for it. But if you want to keep it, you got to give me $10 a week. Is that a gift? So a gift is freely obtained and freely maintained. Now, what you do with the shirt is your business. You can hang it up. You can wear it up. You can wear it every day. You can use it. It's, it's your shirt. The only way it's no longer your shirt is if you give it back. And there are people who do that. There are people who say, I once believed in Jesus. I once saw him as my savior. I no longer do. That's when you lose your salvation, and that's the person that can never return. That's a difficult place to be, but it can happen. But let me give you one way it can happen. When you willfully disconnect from an environment where you're hearing the truth regularly, you don't lose your salvation for that reason, but you put yourself in a position where you can be reasoned out of the truth. This is why being in fellowship is so important. Being in unity is so important. Being in community is so important. Why? It causes you to be a mature Christian. It causes you to be someone who is solid, not tossed to and fro like every wind of doctrine wants to toss you and, and, and bring you to every belief system. No, no. When you are in a un united place, a place that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, it anchors what you believe. And it keeps you in line with the truth. This is why community is so important. So I just want to just, I feel this burden in my heart to release this over you. You will not disconnect. I'm not even just talking about this place. I'm talking about people in your lives that you know God placed you. Placed you in their lives and, they, and God placed them in your lives. You will not disconnect from them. You need community and you will embrace it in the name of the Lord. Yes, you can clap. I love that. Amen. Amen. Community is important. Yes. Don't embrace the lie. I don't need it. I'm good without it. I can be by myself. No, you can't. No, you can't. I, they used to say that with, with, you know, with, with the singles. All you need is Jesus. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And I don't say that with any... No, you need more than Jesus. Now, everything comes through him. Okay, let's be clear. But when God created man, he said it is not good. Remember, he had, he had fellowship with the Father. But, he, but God said it is not good for man to be alone. Who said it? So if you say 
is good, you're saying to yourself, I know better than God. Are you hear what I'm saying? Now, are there people who have a grace to be single? Yes, there are. There are people that God has given the grace to and the desire to, and you can be, and it's part of God's plan for your life. Amen. That is, that is the case. So I recognize that everyone is going to be involved in, in a marriage or whatever. I get that. But most of you, and I'm speaking this right now, most of you, you will be married if you desire to be. If you desire. And until you desire, most of you who are single, you're going to enjoy your single life in the name of Jesus. You're going to be in community. You're not going to be frustrated in your social life. You're going to embrace. Let me tell you something. This has been a prayer of mine, and, I've been, and I know you've been praying this because I told you to pray this for me earlier this year. I said, Lord, fill me with enriching friendships, and the Lord has been adding, constantly adding. The more I pray, the Lord adds people in my life, and I'm having eyes to see them, and I'm embracing them. Now, let me tell you something. The word I gave you earlier was endeavor. That means it takes work. Friendships take work. You got to make time for it. Stop being too busy for people. It takes sacrifice. It takes giving of yourselves. It takes getting out the house. I know you like to be in the house by yourself, you know, cuddling up on the couch. No, get out the house. Amen. Because sometimes you say, oh, that's just the way I am. No, it's selfishness. You have something to offer people. Be in community. Don't be to yourself. That's not the Christian way. Jesus was involved in the lives of people. He didn't just stay to himself. No, he was, he was in people's lives. That is what we are about as a church. I want when people come to this place, they're like, man, this church is social. Now, I'm going to step on a few toes, okay? So don't, don't be mad at me because I'm speaking about myself also, my, 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 my family also. It's been known, right? Tell me if this is true, Caribbeans. It's been known that Caribbeans sometimes are not the most friendliest. I'm wrong? I'm talking about the older generation, like much older. Okay, it's been known that older generation Caribbeans don't have the best customer service. Am I right about that? Okay, okay, I got that. That we we're, were good there. Facts, super facts, super facts. All right. So let me tell you something. If you are a business owner, if you're if you're if you're if you're a service provider, and you're Caribbean, <laughs> that won't be said of you. You ever go into an establishment and they act like you just annoyed them because you walked in? Like, what are you doing here? Right. Now, that's not going to be true for you. That's not going to be true for this church. You ever been to a church and you go into a church and as soon as you walk in, you're immediately told, take off your hat, do this. Like, like, you're, you're, like it's like a quick, quick check, everything you do, and no one shows any interest, no love towards you. They're just telling you what to do. Yeah, that's not this church. When you walk into this place, and I put this burden on everybody, when you walk into this place, you're going to feel loved. You're going to feel welcome. You're going to feel received. Amen. Amen. 
This is the kind of church because we are embracing people. We are embracing people. Life is about embracing, embracing, embracing. And don't be afraid of embracing because God wants to do something major in your life. And many times what God wants to put in your life is being blocked by you. It's being blocked by you. You need to embrace, embrace what God is doing in your life. You know, there are experiences, spiritual experiences that you can, you can enjoy if you embrace it. I, I hear a story. I know a story of a brother, uh, brother Hagen who tells a story how one day he was praying. And um, I think he fell asleep while he was praying. And he was in a, in a trailer home. And he heard the door open. And he heard some steps. And he knew, he knew it was an angel. He knew it was an angel. But he, he kind of like didn't pay it any mind. And then later on, he was praying again, and the Lord visited him. He says, that day I heard someone walk into my room, and the Lord says, yes, that was an angel. But you didn't regard him, so he walked out. So he walked out. I wonder how many things we don't regard, and they walk out of our lives. How many dreams the Lord gives us we don't regard, and you lose the revelation how many things that the Lord is presenting to you. And you're like, that's wonderful. It's a great experience. What are we eating now? You know, and you just, you just kind of completely forget about it. No, 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 no. We're going to now regard and embrace what God is putting in our hands. In the name of Jesus. How many husbands don't regard their wives? Wives don't regard their husbands. It's a shame. Embrace. I just want to, I feel that in my spirit. I'm talking very freely and unorthodox because I just feel this in my spirit so strong. God is saying to you, you must be an embracer. An embracer, not a judger. Not, well, I'm over here, you're over there, let me size you up. No, you must be an embracer. Trust the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Some of you, you should have been already involved in a divine God-given relationship. But you had an attitude that didn't embrace. I feel it in my spirit. There were people that were presented to you that you just didn't have the right attitude and you didn't embrace it. 2019 is a different story for you. It's a different story for you. We're going to embrace. We're going to embrace. We're going to embrace new challenges. The Lord is stirring that in me. There's, there's, there's some things that he's going to present to us as a church. We're going to have to embrace it. It may be difficult. We may have to push for some things. We may have to really pray through some things. But we're going to embrace it. And we're going to be blessed because of it. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.ny.com. LifeChurch.com